Well, glory be to God. Greetings to every one of you. This is Apostle Max. Welcome to Kingdom Keys, the place where we speak all things kingdom. We are the place where we preach the kingdom of God and teach the things concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in a season of building and understanding of prayer. And I know that your life is being changed and impacted and your prayer life is being different because of the season that we're in. And uh, the revelation has been pouring out. God's been so good to us. And uh, we're seeing tremendous answers for the kingdom of God. And we are grateful for all that is done. Let's thank him and let's pray. Father, we are so grateful this morning, this day, Father, for all that you have done. Thank you for the revelation of your kingdom. Thank you for the power of your kingdom at work within us to build and establish a stronghold over our families and over our homes. I thank you for the revelation of Paul, the spirit of understanding that will come upon us. But Holy Spirit, as it makes sounds, you make sense because our prayer is for understanding. I give you praise for the development and the raising up of sons and daughters that are able to move forward with a kingdom revelation and understanding. And we thank you, Lord, for this next phase and this next place that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and a good amen. Well, glory be to God. We've been building some understanding and we are now into the prayer grid and uh, taking on the next phase of the prayer grid to help you understand how to deal with things effectively in the earth. So in the prayer grid, you have our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's what we ended off in dealing with honor in, in the Father last session. If you didn't get that session, you must go back because the first three parts of that prayer deals with your relationship with your heavenly Father and what God intended for your life and for you to have a relationship with him, to get a word from him every morning, to connect with him, to have your daily devotion, to, to learn to hear his voice, to be in his word, to understand the power of his word, what it means for you and for your destiny. We're now shifting gears because you are both king and priest. Rem remember, Revelation says that. I think it's Revelations 1 and verse 5 that he's made us both kings and priests unto our God. So there is a part of who you are that God created it that way, that as a priest in your home and in your personal life, you get to have a relationship with the Father. That's why he said when we pray, this is how you pray. It says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, according to the Old Testament, and you know that, there is nobody that could approach the Father. He's a holy God. Only the priests were designed to do, it, to do that. But because of Jesus Christ's glory be to God and his kingdom, he's made us both kings and priests. One is to, re to, to relate to the Father, to have a relationship as a priest would before the Father, and to hear his voice. That's your blood bought right to hear the voice of God. Number, because priests deal with spiritual things. They deal with vision. Uh, that's where I'm positioned. I deal with what God wants us to, to speak and to govern the people with vision and direction. That's my role uh, corporately. But privately, we are both kings and priests. So you can hear the voice of God for the boardrooms, for your business, and to get direction. It gets, uh, God brings confirmation even through your priest or your apostle that he hears from God, that he brings the, the manner, the fresh word that you need for your destiny, for your purpose. And so God is amazing in his design. So there's no separation between the pew and the pulpit because a divided house cannot stand. 
but you you know that and what we're shifting into so the first portion of your prayer deals with your priestly duties but the second part of your prayer which now deals one is relationship two is rules how do we deal with the things that we need to govern in the earth how do we begin to deal with our daily affairs how do we begin to have dominion over our circumstances how do we begin to rule be fruitful and this is what religion has done for people Religion is the most wicked system the devil has ever set up. Because religion postpones your dominion mandate. It gives you a mediocre life. It gets you to accept it. That you're going to pass on your dominion and your fruitfulness and your effectiveness, effectiveness of your time to uh, eternity. And all people want to do is be with the Lord. I just want to be with the Lord. No, there's no battles to fight in, 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 in heaven. There's peace in heaven. You were sent to the earth for a purpose. And if you look at the second part of what we're dealing with, the first, these 12 stones we're unlocking, so that the revelation of these 12 stones you begin to walk with as a priest and as a king. You begin to see the, from the fourth uh, stone of revelation up until the ninth we are now dealing with things in the earth that's got to do with your victory and your dominion. And the first place that a king goes to and what you should be functioning on or looking for and prioritizing in your life is his kingdom. Jesus never came to bring another religion because that's not what Adam lost. Adam lost a kingdom. He lost a place for him to have dominion and to have rulership in. A place where he can have dominion over his circumstances. Where heaven would come and begin to invade his space. And invade, uh, you know, bring peace and bring prosperity. And that's why when Jesus came, the kingdom is another government. So have a look at Isaiah 9 and verse 6, starting verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. You see that? He never came to bring in another religion. Religion was here all along. In fact, it was the religious sect that fought him the most. He came to usher in a government. And this morning, this, today's teaching is about, isn't there a cause? And I want you to know that the first thing in the kingdom of God, I got so much to teach. In fact, there are books and so many books written on the kingdom of God for you to understand it. And you can tap into deeper resources. I'm only here just to give a bit of a touch of my personal experience and the importance of the kingdom of God and making it your priority. So the shock for me, even as being born again, is once I got saved, according to John 10, 10, he came to give you life, life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That is when God asked us to start the church. That is the level of revelation that I had. And what I did was I named the church Living Life Ministries. And um, one day we invited Dr. Miles Monroe to our church. And as he stepped in there, he said, uh, today I'm changing the name of this church from Living Life to Kingdom Life. Now that is a shock, not just for me, but for everybody else. So many people left the church because the preaching on the, those few hours that he gave us, we had two sessions, it, it shook the very core of our belief systems. And I then went pursuing that because I did change the name of the church. And many people questioned me, so you, you're telling me you mustn't be saved because what is this thing about uh, the kingdom of God? And it created such a shaking in the ministry. And um, I knew it was God. 
God made it possible for us to invite him and to build a stage and a platform. In fact, to a place of where uh, we had lost the building the next month, actually. And I was praying and asking God to save the building and my anxiety and my fear around how to move and what to do. And God showed me this massive seed that stepped into that auditorium when I was praying. And he just turned to me. He didn't answer me about the buildings. He never told me about anything else after Dr. Miles had left. And he said, I want you to guard this seed with everything. Because everything you're looking for in life is found in the seed. And this has been a decade and more of studying and developing in the kingdom of God to understand what is this kingdom all about? What was this thing that Jesus was speaking about? What are we talking about when we speak about the kingdom of God and the power of the kingdom? So here we are having to deal with the kingdom of God and this revelation that God has given. And um, I knew that there'd be a part of my life that would be unfulfilled if I didn't go and venture and go and find out what this kingdom is all about. Um, many people are preaching the kingdom now, but I had not one lesson at Bible college concerning the kingdom of God. It was new to me. In fact, my intercession before we started the church, and as I would pray in my double garage and be at home, God would just tell me, Mark 4 and 11, he said, to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To everybody else, all things comes in parables. And if you study that parable, you'll discover that it's the parable of all parables. Jesus said, if you don't understand this one, how would you understand anything in the kingdom of God? So the journey has been the toughest in this and the steepest in our learning, but it's been the most exhilarating and the most exciting and the most rewarding. And so when Jesus asks us to pray the Our Father, this is our story. This is where I'm beginning and I'm just beginning to lay a foundation so that you can know what we are dealing with because the kingdom is a deep message. In fact, the Bible speaks of it being a mystery. It's something that is hidden and only the Holy Spirit can turn, pull back the curtain and give you revelation about the kingdom of God. That's the reason why anybody who's not born again, even though they, they pray they are our father or even if they don't, they don't think that there's anything in it. But this is what God does. He hides. It's something that's hidden. It's there, but it's a mystery. So he puts it to the natural eye and to the unrenewed mind. He leaves it as a mystery. But for anybody that goes searching for the kingdom of God, you'll start to find uh, uh, all the parables and the revelation. It's such an exciting place to be. All its parables in, Ma in Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 13. You can, we go through all those parables. And you know, I've got a whole school and the school of ambassadors and the introduction to the kingdom and how do you function in the kingdom. Um, we've been training the sons and daughters for many years under the kingdom of God so that you would not miss your destiny because everything you're looking for is in the kingdom. So when you look at the multitudes and the 5,000 are being uh, fed and, and Jesus would go and he would throw out the parable. What is a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's all. The, that's the only way you could preach the kingdom. Because to the natural and the carnal mind, it'll be, ah, that is just a good story. And then he did some things. But then the disciples, it's like, you know, grabbing a hold of a coconut. Jesus would be preaching with coconuts. Just give you an example. The coconut is something that you get in the natural. And you can see, you look at the coconut and anybody has never seen a coconut before, they will just take it and just dump it. But as Jesus preached, he threw down, that's mysteries. And the disciples would go and they would gather the coconuts. You get what I'm saying? They gathered those revelations and they would sit at his feet and ask him, what did you mean when you said this? And then he would break open the coconut and he would break open the revelation. He would crack open the revelation, uh, the mysteries of the kingdom. And he would begin to show them what the power of the kingdom is really all about. And he would give them the juice 
to drink that's on the inside and the food and the revelation and the mysteries of the kingdom that they could partake of. That's why the disciples got what nobody else got. And this is the reason why you study around prayer and the kingdom of God because um, it becomes this place that is a, a mystery. But it's a mystery to the devil and to the world. But it's not a mystery to you because to you has been given to know that. It, it's, it's, it's given to you so that you can know and understand God at the deeper level. So glory be to God. So he says, when you pray, I'm in, I'm in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. I'm just giving you a foundation. He says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the streets and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your heavenly Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, I think this is the NIV version, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. Now that's an important thing. For they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. What's that mystery? The mystery is that if God knows, why should I pray? No, God knows that's why we pray. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us unto temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, for thine is the kingdom, uh, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I really don't like that version of the Bible and the NIV. Um, I would prefer that we do it in the King James Version because um, it's, it's cutting out some really, really important um, scripture there. Uh, but Matthew chapter 6, and if you use the New King James Version, um, you, you will see that uh, it says, Therefore yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's verse 13. So that's really important that you understand that. But as we, as we journey through this, I, I want you to know that the first thing that I discovered about the kingdom of God, I mean, there's so much to speak about it. But the thing that is really important is that it got me to live for a cause, for a purpose. Purpose uh, means original intent. What was God's original intent? It's not that you live in heaven is that you have dominion of your circumstances on earth. That you walk in victory, that you represent him and his kingdom on earth. And um, one of the things that happened in one of the sessions, uh, there are key things that I, I note in people's lives. Uh, one of them would be that when, when people aren't, uh, when they're living aimless lives, then they're studying this, then they're studying something else, then they're in this church, then they're somewhere else. I, I discovered that these people are aimless. They actually don't know why they were born. They don't know the reason for their existence. They have no understanding about the Father and His plan and His purpose for their lives. And then they're in and then they're out. And then, you know, then they're confused. And then they don't know, you know, relationships and identities. I mean, the devil throw, throws all kinds of crazy upon people that don't know why they're here. I want you to know, even Mark, Mark Twain said that. He said that, you know, two most important days of your, of your life, the day that you were born and the day you discover why. And I'm watching people with aimless lives. How can you be born again with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and live an aimless life? It is not possible. Because with the Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, He, des he descends in a place where purpose is established. 
when you are clear that you want to fulfill your purpose, the Holy Spirit will come to work out the will of the Father in your life. So your first prayer is, Thy kingdom come on earth. Bring your cause. I am going to represent you as my Father on the earth, and we're going to see your kingdom manifest in my family, in my home, and in my destiny. And when you're in the kingdom of God, there are clear markings here. Let me just give you one. Now remember, I'm just going to throw out some things that was personal for me that's going to help you understand a foundation. If you jump to verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Because he tells him the kingdom of God must become your priority. Because it brings order into your life. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor store in barns, uh, store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? The sure sign of somebody that's outside of the kingdom. Here's the number one thing. It's not just aimless life, uh, an aimless life and in and out and back and forth. Is that you'll find them full of worry full of worry God doesn't want you to be full of worry in fact your body was not even made for stress you were not supposed to you're supposed to be waking up with purpose every single day you're supposed to be living for a cause you're supposed to be in excited to wake up in the morning excited full of 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 strength and your gift manifesting and and your gift needed in the earth that's what God made and designed you for that's what he said to Jeremiah he says before I formed you I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you. That means I, I, I sent you for a purpose. You're not here to discover a purpose. You were born for a purpose. You were born into the kingdom. You were sent for a reason. Why would you waste your gift and your time and be stuck in jobs and anxious about how to pay bills? This is what he says. Why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field. They do not labor nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed, uh, and all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? There we go for the pagans again. The people outside of covenant, the people that have no relationship with your father, the people that don't know him as God, father, king, with a kingdom. He says those people are anxious about what they're going to eat and drink. It should not be in you. I'm sitting in a conference and Dr. Miles is preaching and I've been invited as one of the guests, you know, I'm sitting right up front as part of the VIP and traveling with him. And as he's preaching, he just turns to me and says, son, I want you to know there's no worry in the kingdom. That was the time you lost the building. We're losing the building because, you know, I, I, I went in there as living life ministries. And I went in there on my own skill and own ability, thinking that, you know, tithes and offerings, I heard God. And I mean, God used all of that and he developed us. And then God goes and takes, allows that to go because we were so stressed about paying rents and the like. And then God brought us onto our own land. It's been a decade. We own it ourselves. We're building. We're establishing businesses. We're doing things kingdom style. Welcome to kingdom life. We change it from living life to kingdom life. Most people and most Christians, they stand at the door every single Sunday and they go and thank the Lord for the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. 
Many people go and thank the Lord for the cross. And please hear me, it's absolutely right. But you need to know that the cross was not the end. The cross was the means to the end. That's why for 40 days when Jesus was on the earth, and Acts chapter 1 lets you know, when he was walking the earth, he was teaching them uh, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You are showing them that this is the reason why you were born. This is the reason why I, I, I came. I came to reinstall the kingdom in your life. I came to put back the kingdom so that you can function out of a different place of purpose and strength and, and wisdom and, and connection with me and purpose in the earth so that you can walk in dominion and to be fruitful and your marriage be a blessing and your life be full of, of strength. And you don't go home because you're sick and you don't have to die because you're sick. No, Jesus lived 33 years with not a worry, with not a worry. He came to usher in this mystery, this kingdom, and he came to function out of it. And he came to give us the same. 33 years and he says, it's better that I go. It's better that I go. 33 years. Everybody would be crying for somebody who dies at 33 years. And the most people, the reason why they, they, they cry is because the people have not fulfilled their potential in the earth. Here are the five life questions that you have. And the kingdom answers all of them. That's where the kingdom is such a powerful place. Number one is who am I? Everybody's asking that question. The five life questions. It's found in Dr. Miles' book. The five life questions. Who am I is number one. Number two, where do I come from? Where, where do I come from? The third one is why am I here? That's purpose. The fourth one is, what can I do? That's got to do with potential. Potential is hidden ability. The things inside of you that God sent you to the earth for to accomplish. And there are many people that are dying with the books inside of them, with the, the, the hospitals they should have built, the education system they should have built, the media centers, the impact for the youth, click ministry and everything else. People are struggling because they've never brought out the potential. This, the kingdom's design is only to bring out from you what God deposited on the inside of you. Glory be to God. It's both grace, the deposit that God made inside of you, and the glory that God is making a demand out of you. That's kingdom living. That's kingdom living. When you come into the kingdom of God, God's making a demand on what Jesus did for you. You're not going to waste your life and your time anymore. You're not going to go wandering and squandering. The kingdom made a deposit. Jesus came and he died for you and he saved you, not just for heaven, because if it was for heaven, you would have been there already. He saved you so that you can make an impact in the earth. Who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? What can I do potentially and where am I going to? That's the five life questions everybody's got. And when you begin to understand that and you begin to answer that, you'll only find those answers, all five of them, in the kingdom of God. And when you start to answer those, you'll find out what it goes. You'll find your prayer shopping list before the Lord becomes this small because that's what he says. The pagans, the people that don't know me, that are not in the kingdom, he says, they run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Then verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Let me give you the lesson of the last decade. I discovered that the kingdom will never pursue you. Mm -hmm. 
The kingdom will never come after you. If you as a man of God, even a pastor, a, a preacher, um, an individual, if you never pursue his kingdom, his kingdom will never pursue you. He said, seek it. That's the first thing. He says, you've got to go on the search. I think it's Proverbs 20 verse 20. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. Most kings go searching just for business deals. They don't search for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God must become your number one search for this life. And I'm telling you, we've been searching and I am yet to exhaust the kingdom of God. There's so much to teach. When he said, thy kingdom come, it's a huge statement. It's huge for your destiny and for your purpose. Because everything you're looking for is found in there. Your gift matches. The people you've been called to minister matches. The problems you were called to solve matters. Your potential in the kingdom. It's all connected. Everything's connected. You go to bed at night tired, but you'll be so satisfied. That's what happens to us. I've been in studio and using this podcast now every single day. We've been in here, sometimes two sessions, building and establishing this. I am so excited. I'm so excited because I'm fulfilling purpose and the next level. We're writing books. We're putting all the training manuals together. This is me as an educate, educated person sitting in an insurance company writing software for them. I mean, making money. And everybody thought, wow, that's amazing. You earn so much money. No, I was dissatisfied. I was dissatisfied because this is not why I was sent here. You were not sent here to pay bills. You were not here to come in, pay bills, find a house, get some education, get married, have some children, and then die. That's not the reason why you were born. You need to discover why. You were not sent here to discover some. You were sent for a purpose, not to make it up as you go along. This is the kingdom and the power of the kingdom. And anytime you detach yourself from the kingdom of God, you end up living an aimless life. Now you must find a job. Now you must go and just go and befriend, befriend somebody else. And, and you, I watch people that are so gifted, but their lives turn out into rubbish because they're disconnected from the kingdom of God. Your father in heaven, he will never give you a future that makes him obsolete in your life. Never. That's why he gave you his kingdom. That's why you go on the search. That's why you put it first. And that's the reason why many people are paying for clothing accounts, where they're going to sleep, what they're going to do, what's their next steps. Why? Because the kingdom has got no priority in their lives. They've got no connection to God. They've got no connection to the Father in heaven. They're not even connected to his plan in the earth. He says, you were supposed to seek it. And here's the next word. First. First. Why did he say that? Because he knew that there's a whole lot of other priorities that will come. That the enemy will put, on, put you under all kinds of pressure to put other things first. No, no, your clothing account must be first. You know that house that you need? Your wife's putting you under pressure. You must have that house. No, the children and you feeling bad as a man and the like. No, 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 no. The kingdom is my number one priority. Make that your prayer right now. Say, Father, your kingdom is my number one priority. Fulfilling my assignment, it is my pleasure. That's what I wake up with every single morning. I seeking, I'm seeking first your kingdom. What does your kingdom want? What is your plan? And when I discovered that, I discovered that the worry and the fear and the anxiety went. Because in the kingdom of God, your father, you know, there's plenty in daddy's house. People think that you're gonna, daddy's house is going to run out. That, you know, God, uh, when he blesses one person, it's, it means that he's taking from you. No. That's what happened with the prodigal. He started going and taking and he, and he went away. And when he came back, there was more for him. 
And then the older brother came. He says, look, you are not even, you never slaughtered one sheep for me. But he says that all that I have is yours. There's plenty in Papa's house. And most people are anxious and worried about provisions because the devil puts that there as your number one need. No, God is your priority. This kingdom, you've got to force yourself. I had to go and seek the kingdom. I had to make sure that the kingdom is my number one priority. I don't let other priorities come in. I've learned to let people that, that and, and pressures of the world, I'm, I've learned to let them subside. And I say, Father, you have the wisdom to deal with these accounts, to, to deal with my house, to deal with my home. I'm not here to make my name great. I'm here to represent you. Are you with me? Because the enemy will wear you out if you do not put the kingdom first because he's always got something and as you purchase now you need the, the new cell phone and you know god knows you need it I and mean, god knows you need to eat it's like no and as you buy the new cell phone oh you need transportation next month then you add a new a new car but you're finding people coming and buying another car and then you find the latest update on the cell phone. Now you need the new cell phone and your life is built upon this finding new things. These things must be added. You mustn't be working for things. These things should be added into your life. He says, but seek first the king, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, when you get into the kingdom of God, every single time you begin to work with, it, with, with, with the Lord, you, you need to know that um, God doesn't want you to be anxious in his kingdom. Let's have a look at this rich young ruler and the kingdom of God in Mark chapter 10 verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was looking for kingdom life. He wasn't looking for eternal life. He wasn't looking about the afterlife. He was looking about, he's looking at the disciples and they're seeing the disciples following Jesus. And he says, how do I come in on this, this kingdom? How do I begin to function out of the same? How do I find the peace? How do I find the provision? Because you know how Peter was anxious and he toiled all night and Jesus broke that curse and allowed him to walk in the fullness of the blessing of the kingdom of God. Because he used his boat, you use your business to put the kingdom first. And then these things are added. And what Peter was looking for, it got him to fall on his knees and then weep and say, I'm a sinful man, depart from me. So Jesus said, from now on, I'll make you fishers of men. So he brings him in on the system because God's kingdom, number one priority is people, is not things. Is not things. And many business people, when you come in on the kingdom of God and you're saying, Father, thy kingdom come. You're asking for a whole lot of things to come in there. From order, God's going to reprioritize your life. You're going to seek the kingdom of God. You're going to go after his purposes. You're going to go after his plan. And he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit this kingdom, this Zoe kind of life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false witness, testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. I mean, if you followed all the rules and the laws of the religion, and you've gone to Bible, you've gone to business school, and you've got all your stuff together, why would a rich young ruler, a leader, be falling at his feet and asking for this? Because after all the things you've acquired, 
After everything you've got, that house, that, that, that new car, that cell phone and TVs, uh, you still lack. Because there's a, a void inside of you that only the kingdom can fill. That's why in Matthew, uh, in the Beatitudes, when he says, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because religion can never satisfy that spiritual thirst. And neither can goods, neither can the cars and all the businesses. You know it brings some satisfaction. You can pay bills. No one's pressurizing you. But the truth is at the end of the day, you still hit that pillow. And you're still concerned that your life counts for nothing. That was me. I earned a lot of money. I could run call centers. I could do what I could do. But it was still an emptiness and a void inside of me that I discovered only the kingdom can fill that void because it answers all five questions and you get to enjoy life even while you're making your money, even while you are serving others. Because this rich young ruler discovered you can only drive one car at a time. You can only sleep in one bed at a time. You can only drink from one cup at a time. You can only sit on one couch at a time. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. At the end of the day, you still have to leave all these things behind because eternity waits. And that's the, con the, the question for many people. And that's the concern because their lives are counting for zero. They make no impact. I love what Dr. Miles said. He said, the reason why most people need tombstones is because we got to be reminded about what that once upon a time they were on the earth people that fulfill purpose they don't need tombstones because their purpose and what god sent them to do their gifting is in the heart and mind of the leaders the communities the people are impacted because of their fulfilled purpose they're still looking for jesus's grave and when you go there the tomb is empty glory be to god and so jesus says to him look I tell you what you do. What you're actually looking for is not things. You're looking for purpose. Jesus said, looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Why would Jesus say that? He was reprioritizing this boy's life because the kingdom must be first. This is what you do. And what was Jesus' vision? He came to preach the gospel to the poor. So he says, come, give into my vision. Come and get involved in my project. Come and get involved in the Father's project. That was the offering. Put the kingdom first. God, he wasn't asking him to be broke. He says, and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. This is what you're working for. Not for the afterlife. He's dealing with the anointing and the life that you need every single day to live a life of victory. That's what he offered. Now, not everybody's been asked to sell everything they have. But God did that for me, from my house to pensions to whatever, because I said, well, I'll come after your kingdom. So he says, well, give me everything. What was it? It's not that God needed anything. It's not that. It's, let me give you the revelation about this. For the rich man and for myself, I, fit, I, I was in this man's shoes because I wanted the kingdom of God. And it's, this is what it says. It says, then come, then come follow me. Verse 22, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Here's what you discovered. It's not that this man had wealth and great wealth. is that wealth had him. You see that? The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. What is Lord? It means owner. He owns everything. 
So like it's like when when I give him my car and he told me to sell the sell the car and and to give the house and and to bring in pensions and to set things he was reprioritizing my life because money had me. That's why I went to the race course every single week. That's why I got involved in gambling. All I wanted is I hate this I hated the stench of poverty. I still do. But the problem is that I was trying to solve the problem on the same level it was created. And Albert Einstein said it's not possible. You solve level one problems with level two solutions. What is the level two solution? The kingdom of God. I know what you're looking for. I looked for the same. I know what you're desiring. I desire the same. The clothing, the, 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 the cars, the places. I bragged before all the people. But deep down inside of, inside of me, I knew I wasn't fulfilling purpose. And that's exactly what happened to this rich young ruler. And he went away sad. He thought that giving to the kingdom of God, you lose. It wasn't about that. It was about the reprioritizing his life. And that's what the kingdom will do with you. The number one thing is that when you say, let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, you're asking God to reprioritize your life. You're giving your time, your talent, so that your life counts for something. That's why Jesus could walk in 33 years. I mean, Peter asked the same question. He says, look, man, we followed, we followed after you. I don't want to get too much into the detail for the sake of time. But verse 28 says, and Peter spoke up and says, we left everything to follow you. Everything. Everything. Truly, I tell you, verse 29, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, in this earth, to receive a hundredfold for what you've given into the kingdom of God. So God doesn't need a thing from you. God's reprioritizing your life so that you come into purpose. The only answer I've got, the only solution for me is the kingdom. Why? I sold up everything. Have a look at the scripture. Matthew 13. Let's take 44 and 45 because the parable of the hidden treasure is found in verse 44 again the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it he goes and he sells all that he has and buy that field that's what i did that was the offer of that rich man to come into the kingdom of god and he'll have ex he'll have the anointing he'll have peace he wouldn't have to worry about his own goods he'll be taken care of god and the treasure in heaven would be that god would give him this kingdom listen to verse 45 Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is what the kingdom is all about. I'm letting you know that it's a pearl of great price. It's costly to walk in here. The anointing, we've, we've sold it so cheap. I'm letting you know that God is calling you deeper into his kingdom so that you can experience the power of what it is to be in a kingdom that's unshakable, uncursable, and unstoppable. Your future is in the kingdom of God. The only place of safety is in the center of your father's will. Please give me your frame again. And I want to show you what the frame looks like. And number one, you will see that at the top is God's creation, God's intended boundary, heaven and earth and eternity. And then God's intention. There's your father. He's got sons. The Holy Spirit at work. Here is God's authority. He is your king. And what does kings do? They give you not just their word, but they give you their kingdom to function out of it. It's domain. Uh, dominion means the king's 
domain. It's the area that God would rule in. So when you asking thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you're asking for the domain of the king to manifest all around you. It's you're asking the king to reprioritize your life. You're asking the king to remove the worry from your life. You're asking the king to go and influence your whole environment with his kingdom to bring in peace and to bring in order and to give you victory over every area of your life. And this is what you're doing. When you're coming in here, he says, give into my vision and I will give you the kingdom. And I'm not talking about when you want to. He says, you go and sell up everything and you come into the kingdom of God. For the kingdom doesn't, you, 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 you can't come in here half-heartedly. The kingdom doesn't work that way. In fact, all of life doesn't work that way. You can't give half-heartedly to the, to the kingdom or live half-heartedly. Let's try if it works. No. No, you are brought into the kingdom and there's an exchange that takes place. There's a trust that I give God my life, my time, my treasure. I mean, it's his anyway. I give it back to him that I don't have to worry about owning stuff. So when people come and say, you know, the jacket is gone. It's like, well, God bless them. You can't steal from me. Because if the devil touches my stuff now, he's got to pay back sevenfold. And whatever I've sold into the kingdom, I get back a hundredfold. Are you with me? The kingdom is first. The kingdom is my priority. I've gone and I've made sure that there's no worry. If I'm anxious and worried about something, I'm finding out that the kingdom's not moving in my life. Because why are you worried? Why are you acting like the world when you have a father in heaven, when you have a kingdom that's your priority? That's why when you pray the, thy kingdom come, it's huge. It's reprioritizing your life. It's bringing order into your life. It's bringing order into your family. It's changing your money. It's changing your mind. It's bringing the power of God onto the scene. And his, his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways, but they can become. And how does that happen? Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. He says, look, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions. So persecution could come and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Your gift, your life, your purpose, all of it, including your marriage, your spouse, your purpose is found in the kingdom of God. Your life will begin to make tremendous sense. Let me end up with this one. Uh, Daniel 2 verse 44, before we end off, let me give you one more scripture. In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. That's what you're involved in. That's what you're praying for. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand for how long? Forever. That's the invitation from your father to you to get involved in a kingdom when you pray. In him we live and move and have our being. John 18.33, we'll wrap it up here. The title of this session is called, Is There Not a Cause? It's the same question that David asked when he got onto the battlefield. His brothers were irritating him and, and fighting him about, so who do you think you are? Goliath's here and, you know, go, go and take care of those few sheep. 
David asked the question, is there not a cause, man? Are we not here for a reason? You keep fighting brothers, you keep going to jobs, you're getting involved in all kinds of crazy. Is there not a cause? My prayer for you is that you will come in on the kingdom, that you allow God to shape your life. Then Pilate entered the, this is Jesus at, his, at, his, at the crucifixion before he is crucified. He entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom, glory be to God, is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. Then he adds something. And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He says, I've come for this cause. I've come for this purpose. That's the reason why he could be raised up. For 33 years. 30 years of being raised up concerning his potential. Understanding the father's business. Three days of fulfilling. Three, year, three and a half years fulfilling the purpose of his earthly ministry. And then three days of power. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. And God raised him up. Because the kingdom of heaven got established in the earth. And that's what you and I have been invited into. That's what we've been called to be a part of. Because this is God's business plan. This is his intention. Your father's intention in the earth. So Jesus prayed like that. He said, thy kingdom come. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First request, thy kingdom come. That must be your prayer. I pray for you today that you begin to experience the power of God's kingdom. You need to know for eternity, the only thing that's going to stand is his kingdom. Every other kingdom will, will fall. Every other kingdom will be dismantled. The one kingdom that will stand forever is the kingdom of Almighty God. And in that kingdom, God thought about you when you got born again. He chose you. He set you up for victory. He called you in with purpose and with power to fulfill your potential and progress in life so that you can have dominion. And if you set this kingdom first, all these things shall be added. I'm excited for you and for your destiny. I want you to know that we have books and training and development around this that can go on for the rest of our days. There's so much about the kingdom and its mysteries. This was just an introduction. And I want you to look at my life and where I was worried, anxious, and concerned about so many things. No more. Because the kingdom has all the answers I'm looking for. Seek first the kingdom of God. His and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Well, this is just an introduction. We might add some more teachings to help you build up your faith and understand more of the kingdom of God. And we are unlocking and bringing the revelation of these 12 stones so that you can pray and start to develop an effective prayer life. There's much to pray about. You will have plenty to say to the Lord and he's got plenty to say to you. Amen. He's going to reprioritize your life. This is a season of tremendous impact in your prayer life 
and you will see the kingdom manifest wherever you go. Father, bless your people in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Apostle Max. This is Kingdom Keys, the place where we preach the kingdom and teach the things concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. God bless you. Until next time. Thank you.